0: what's going on world peace and blessings appreciate you tuning in this is well connected so definitely got a dope episode in store today a lot to unpack i know it's been a minute if this is your first time tuning in i appreciate that i appreciate anytime you guys tune in but well connected it all starts with perception Perception is a very amazing thing. How two people can view the exact same thing, hear the exact same thing, yet have two or multiple different interpretations. We see it all the time in life, in various situations, whether it's in politics, sports, entertainment, music, relationships, family dynamics, all various different endeavors. Remember a couple years ago, uh, there were viral this picture of a dress. And people all debate on what color it was, whether it was gold and white or, or, or blue and black or something. The exact same picture, yet divided like thousands and millions of people. Interesting, right? Or even have now some time with, with now in the day, age of COVID and, and wearing mask And what stance you feel on that? It's the same thing. It's all come down to wearing a mask. Now, regardless, it feels onto what you feel it's about. Some people view that it's for our betterment and safety, some people view that it's an overstepped. Uh, boundaries of, of of forced censorship. Again, very interesting. Same thing. Yet you can have multiple interpretations to it. But oftentimes, I feel like people uh, view things very subjectively. And when you view things subjectively, it comes with emotion. And when it comes with emotion, sometimes logic can be blinded. And that's why I always like to look at things very independently. I view. I think there's. Two sides of every coin. Two, two sides of every story. At least of understanding. Uh, looking at things more objectively. And when I say subjective and objective, because I feel like oftentimes in life people will flip flop these usage. So, for example, sub- something being subjective, right? The two people walk outside. One person said it's cold. One person said it's kind of warm. Those are the two subjective statements. It's their interpretation. But one thing's objective is that they say, it's 55 degrees. That's objective because that's, that, that can't be argued. And so that's a fact. Uh, you know, two people can lift a, lift a weight. And one person said, oh, this is heavy. Our person said, this is light. Subjective statements. But they said, this is 60 pounds. Again, that is a objective fact. So, you know, those are two little examples. But I feel like in life, people will take a lot of opinion It's something that's maybe well supported But it's still subjective And use it as objectivity It happens all the time By both sides By everybody And again When you do that You're not being independent You're not being objective And it can kind of blur your thoughts And how you think about stuff And that's people can get roped into propaganda And and fake news Or whatever you want to call it Right? On on both sides It happens all the time It's that emotional uh, connection that you have And your thought process gets kind of blinded So Again for myself with the show I feel that There are many things in life that sure definitely Divide us as people But I also feel there's many things in life That bring us together You'd be amazed honestly And I think it happens is that We just don't have these conversations Or discuss these things Because of, of the subjectivity aspect to it Because of the emotional connection As soon as we hear an opinion or something that Doesn't go along with our general Groupthink we automatically divert and, 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 and fall into a, you know, fall group thing, honestly, and, and just naively open to another opinion. And we don't grow that way. You'd be surprised how much things we have in common as a people and as a society. So, that's why it's very important to never burn your bridges and always stay, well, connected. So, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. And as usual... Make sure you stay tuned, stay hip, and stay connected. So, 2020, the year that never ends. Yet, here we are, finally, coming to an end. It's been a very interesting year for a lot of people, obviously dealing with a whole global pandemic. Um, It has put life on stop, literally around the world. Um... Been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of positives. And you know, it depends on perception. But one thing's been very interesting during this time period, um, is just how much uh, our time, energy, emotion can be pulled in many different various different directions. You know, we had again this year, uh going with COVID, and then COVID and you know with election and then with you know social justice and black life matters and Everything, all these very, very highly uh, emotional events, all uh, convening at one time and kind of pulling us apart in various different ways, and a whole bunch of other events and things that happened in between, right? And you know, of course, obviously social justice is very obviously important, and you know, deal with COVID as well is uh, you know a very important issue. But the biggest thing I think that has a direct impact is really the election and. What occurred and unfolded with that? So, for starters, I want to point out the fact I like politics. I was a political science major in undergrad. I'm an independent. So, you ain't gonna put me in no box. I ain't no Democrat, I ain't no Republican, not as a liberal or a conservative. I'm gonna call it how I see it objectively, not emotionally. All right. That's the biggest thing in politics. Both sides, liberals and, and conservatives, y'all both get your emotions involved in it, and y'all get in y'all bags, and then y'all can't see things as clear at times. There's one side more than the other, but I ain't gonna get into that. With that being said, right, so this election was very, very unique, like anything other, when both sides, uh, Democrats and Republicans, uh, have seen sense this urgency of this year. I know it's cliche to say this is the most important election ever. I don't typically agree in that that regard. But in terms of, you know, this was a showdown uh, because this election has a lot of ramifications, as we'll discuss later on, um, that kind of go for years and years to come. So, as we know, as of today, Joe Biden is the projected winner uh, of this 2020 election. Uh, President Donald Trump is currently still seeking his uh, legal options for what he claims um, occurred was of, of massive uh, voter fraud, um, and so he's you know, he's uh, going through his constitutional right um, to seek out these uh, legal elements. Some of those in this case, in which I will get into that as well. But this was very interesting, where like this election was like, wasn't even about the best two candidates for a large majority of people, it was about getting one person out by any means necessary, it didn't matter who was the other candidate. It could have been Mickey Mouse. And people would have voted for Mickey Mouse still. <laughs> it's crazy. And you know. I, I I get it for some people. If From a certain perspective and lens. If you look at things. I understand why you feel that way. But you know. The part about it was. It's a very emotional based. Logic. Because it was like. all right, bet you want to get someone out of office. Okay. But then the person who you're putting as your candidate. I mean like. They didn't have to, have to have a plan. I mean. Millions of people. 80 million people voted for a person. Who they might not even know a single thing about their policy or actions. Or what they're going to do at all. And. It's low-key dangerous because. <laughs> a lot of people I feel like are going to see. Unfold that they might have voted for someone. Who does not have their best. uh Actual. Best interests at at heart and are going to actually help out. And it's very interesting how the dynamic went. It's a very interesting psychology. This whole time and era, I feel like it should be a a, a big psychological study from years to come because it's just how perception, how one person, in the form of Donald Trump, and how two could be completely divided. One person and two people, people see him so differently. Very interesting never seen before so there's a whole lot to unpack so for a lot of people they got their wish Joe Biden Biden is a projected winner right so I mentioned President Donald Trump right now is seeking his his options right and what he claims is massive voter fraud so before I even get into the massive voter fraud I do want to say this now there's a lot of people who automatically just dismissing us as just some type of uh, uh, you know sore loser, just last second, uh, uh, um, you know, desperate attempt, and and not and a lot of the media as well Is not even looking into these allegations or even investigating it or spending any time on it, right? A lot becomes comes from you know a lot of people don't like Trump, so like we're not gonna look into it. The reason I think it's a little Critical to a degree Because in 2016 After the election There was this whole Russia and Trump collusion Conspiracy theory That was pushed for years And years and years By all the various different Mainstream media sources And outlets And individuals and people In fact the whole Mueller report And multi-year And multi-million dollar investigation just for it to conclude that there was no collusion between Trump and Russia. Um, to be fair, the Mueller report did not exonerate Trump either. But it did not find a slam dunk material. Like everybody put out there was like a slam dunk 100%. He colluded Russia. That was the only way. That's what happened. I mean, everybody pushed it. And it was not there. And that's why I call it conspiracy theory. Because anything else, y'all always say, like, oh, that's a right wing conspiracy theory. I'm like, yo, y'all push this for years. And honestly, I lost a lot of respect uh, for a lot of the media sources and people because they push that as objective thought and opinion. You know what I'm saying? Go back to that was a subjective, subjective whole, I'm not going to say witch hunt, (laughs) but crusade. It's based off emotion. A lot of people were salty that Trump won the election. They did not want to give him any type of credence of how he did it. So yeah, he pushed that whole thing. And so for I'm saying all this to say that is like if you fell into the whole uh, uh, Trump-Russia conspiracy theory and you were all in on that automatically, I don't think you should 100% just dismiss these voter fraud claims like it's just, oh, look at these crazy people. Like, oh, look at (laughs) y'all. Like, I don't know. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Now, again, I'm I'm not concluding that there is voter fraud either. But just the general principle of that, um, I just find very interesting how people are 100% just like dismissing that. And It's like, yo, y'all look wild for the last couple of years. Um, and I'm going to get into that as well. So where Trump's at right now and for this whole you know voter fraud aspect, basically, I'll say this much, right? What they, what they are uh, alleging, right, is that there are large uh, accounts of uh, voter disparity within the numbers, um, discrepancies, irregularities um, within the systems uh, that apparently they have sworn affidavits from people that said they saw votes being thrown out and misplaced or other votes being brought in and all these various different elements that would constitute some type of, of, of voter fraud, right? And especially with this software that was used, Dominion, uh, used for voters, they said, I guess there was things that were hacked into the systems and changed votes. And again, there's all these different allegations of things, right? Um, so as a whole, right, to understand also where our election You know, with this year because of COVID and everything, uh, we we use a uh, wide-scale mail-in-balloting system. Uh, In the past, we've had mail-in-balloting, we've had absentee-balloting, but we've never had it on this large scale with millions and millions and millions of mail-in-balloting. That's never happened before. So anytime you do something that's a new system, especially large-scale, there's always, you know, opportunity for some... um, dysfunction um you know you saw you know years ago remember when uh, obamacare healthcare.gov website first went on it crashed right because like everybody was using it right you know again when you do stuff that's new uh sometimes again you're always open for things to be go unsuccessfully right and especially on this level and so one thing as well to be objective trump said months leading up into this election that he did not support mail-in balloting because he thought that well this could be uh, something that could be, you know, it could be hacked. It could be something that a lot of fraud could occur. Uh, it could be a lot of issues and problems with it. Uh, so that's something he talked about months and months and months before, right? And then on the other side of that, to be objective, you know, a couple of months leading up into this as well, various different departments within our government, though, kind of disputed that, uh, especially like DOJ and then like the uh, Department of Homeland Security um you know some of them also republican run they're going to be objective they disputed that and they said like now nah, this mail-in ballot system should be cool like there wouldn't be any type of fraud so that was a showdown and here we are so basically what they're doing right now is that they believe in a lot of different counties in different areas especially in these swing states um they're finding so many discrepancies and things with the voters uh how the votes and numbers came in right um, and that they think that it's possible the fraud came through, and that they feel like these votes will be deemed illegal. Something I also with the mail-in balloting system is that some of these votes came in after a deadline was supposed to be signed for mailed in. Um, so, technically, coming after the deadline, the votes shouldn't be counted. And they think that were that there were a lot of votes that came in after the deadline were also counted as well. And so, it's a whole legal kind of battle. But in general, if people understand. So, how our electoral system works is that. So for starters, the Electoral College has not voted yet. Actually, on the president, uh, that does not happen until December 16th. So it's not like the Electoral College had voted and then like Trump's just like still hanging out. Like no, technically the Electoral College has not, has not voted yet. So basically, what the play he's making on this, right, and the play Republicans are making. So again, although a lot of states have counted up their ballots and stuff and everything, and have projected, you know, the winners in their states and everything, the elect- Electoral votes have went out. Projected to Joe Biden, right? 306 to 232 um basically how the uh, republicans are playing this is states have to call what's called certifying their uh, election ballots there's a difference between calling it the, the race right and actually certifying certifying is where you like 110 percent. this is done checked accurate no if ands or buts about it and that's where it's certified and that's when those electorals uh, are supposed are are pledged to have to go and vote right so right now, there's still a lot of states that have not certified their ballots yet because still counting them. There's still a legal, a lot of legal uh, lawsuits and stuff going on and things, right? Things all being worked out. In eight of nine swing states that are uh, still not certified, they have Republican legislators. So essentially how this plays out is that if in those states, right, um, they find that there is some type of uh, um, discrepancy, actually legit voting fraud or something had occurred, right, um, what they can do they can actually choose to send their own electors to actually go vote. So although like a state, right, when people vote for a state, and when the popular vote in a state, the state is supposed to legally, like for example, like if people in Pennsylvania, people vote for Joe Biden, more people vote for Joe Biden here. Pennsylvania legally is supposed to, electors are supposed to vote for Joe Biden. But constitutionally speaking, they don't have to. So in this legal situation we have here, if a state decides that Again, there was some type of, uh, of fraud has occurred, you want to send their own electors. In that situation, uh, uh, Democrats as well would probably go, you know, go rogue and send their own electors as well. On January 6th, in general, that's when the Congress actually convenes to uh, certify the electoral college uh, tally, right? So like, well, actually, generally speaking, how the process worked, they vote December 16th. Then it's like, you know, tentatively in place. And then on January 6th, when Congress comes to actually, uh, you know, vote, um, you know, that's when it's officially certified that the person is president. And then we move to inauguration, right, on 20th. But basically what happened in our situation is if, you know, both parties went rogue, right, and send, you know, uh, rogue uh, uh, electors to vote to Electoral College. When Congress reconvenes on January 6th, um, they probably would have a lot of disputes and everything about some of these, what the states are called. And some uh, uh, votes maybe get thrown out, uh, especially depending who, who has majority within the Senate at the time. Um, so think about a state like Michigan. Right. For example, that's one of the uh, swing states here. Let's say those votes get thrown out and then, uh, you know, some other states, you know, happen. And then Joe Biden does not get to the 270 threshold. Right. If he does not get the 270 threshold, um, then at that point, the Constitution states that the House of Representatives will elect the president on a single state vote. Now, you may stop and say, well, hey, you know, Democrats have control of the House. Like, well, what would be the big deal? Well, it's interesting. According to actually, uh, our right now, projected, uh, Republicans actually control 26 state legislators legislations uh, comp- compared to uh, 23 Democratic state legislations. Uh, and so, that sense, actually, Republicans actually have more actual states uh, where more Republican uh, House members. Uh, Democrats do So that sense Republicans would Have more majority to vote And they would Probably go vote uh, Donald Trump Back in as president Um That's a lot to kind of Unpack there Now at the same time I'll say this much I think it's very Highly unlikely To be frank I don't think it's gonna Go down that way I think it's Probably over But it's a possibility And it's legally Protected by the Constitution, it's very interesting. That's so why Constitution is a very, very crazy thing. It protects the good guys and bad guys. It, it can be used in various different elements. But yeah, so that's why Trump does legally have a path to the White House, where or back to the White House, where he can still win, even though he lost the election, quote unquote. And so that's why everybody's still saying Project it uh, That's why you know the, you know Camilla Harris still hasn't resigned from his Senate seat. Uh, you know that's why you know so Joe Biden's projected president elect and that's why a lot of majority of Republicans still have not even um, you know acknowledged him as president elect. Because there's still outside chance, you know, again all it takes is one state. Again, I do think again very outside chance it happens. I'm not all in on that. Um, you know you seen with President Trump, you know, his legal team with Rudy Giuliani and all of the gang. And they you know, they, they had a uh, uh, of course, you know attorney Sidney Powell who they have now kind of Try to distance themselves from Sydney Powell either has constitutionally Altering evidence That's going to shake the entire nation Or is the biggest grifter of all time I'm leaning toward the grifting side Captain. I'm still waiting for her to Release the cracking Of this damning information It's going to shake everything up They're going to say that she's not part of the team Or affiliated with the legal team Even though she was at the press conference literally with them <laughs> Like, okay Um but, you know, it's very interesting. We'll see what happens. I mean, she got Michael Flynn out, so I ain't gonna knock her. I ain't hating on her. But that's kind of what's going on, that element. So they're playing for a lot of legal loopholes and stuff. Get some votes thrown out. So all takes one state deemed deem the votes uh, illegal. Then go rogue, and their own electors. And then it comes down to basically the House Representatives picking the president. So, you know, there's that piece of stuff still going on. Unlikely. But just in general, the fact that, again, kind of biased with the media and how, like, is this? Sidestepping everything It's like well no You can't sidestep everything You know You gotta be objective And not emotional When you think about these things Right Alright So Again I think it's a very outside chance So it's more than likely That again That Joe Biden Is probably gonna be The projected winner But with that right I know a lot of people Are very excited um, You know To have Trump out of office It's like yeah All that But I think a lot of people Are kind of being short sighted About this election Because again There was a lot more Than just president at stake and I think a lot of people got to pay attention to what happened in the house um Democrats kind of fumbled the bag there uh, so coming into this you know Democrats in 2018 had a huge boost boost in the house uh they got one two hundred thirty five seats so coming into this they're talking big and bad all the uh all, all the political pundits and everything the people who are uh, um you know the experts they projected Democrats to win almost 244 seats in the house that was that was the median that was the average what everybody thought right uh, Nancy Pelosi came out on record she said that she was going to win all the 10 plus seats and everything. And interesting enough, that did not happen. And Republicans actually had a really strong uh, gathering in, in, in the House. In fact, they, they won those 10 actual seats that were up um, and made a big push to where it's at projected now. Um, you know, the Democrats only have, only have 221 seats, and uh, the Republicans now have 214 seats. So they made a big jump where basically right now they're in really good position for 2022 uh, to take back the House, to be honest. Um, an- another factor as well, a lot of people didn't kind of talk about. Um, Republicans won every single seat uh, where redistricting um, was up. So basically, this is like where it comes to literally like changing up with gerrymandering, like the districts and things and how people vote. I'd lay, have control to draw that out now themselves um, In fact it, Overwhelmingly they won 188 seats uh, compared to Democrats 73 seats um, So yeah that's really important As well in fact that actually sometimes That's a little more low-key important than the president Because that's how voter suppression and all various different elements And things could potentially come about um, And so Where everybody's just you know Pom-pom and cheering and everything It's like yo some other stuff that we're definitely Kind of not talking about um, and again, like especially like for Republicans, you know, this set up very well. Listen, yeah, Republicans, listen, I know y'all mad that you know Trump may be out of office and stuff, but you know, y- y'all did really well and like you know, what I mean, getting back the seats in the House and you're projected the one to keep the Senate. So, 2022, you set up to take the House and Senate back. So, even with a Joe Biden presidency, y'all got control of Congress. And let's not forget, well, Cocaine Mitch, Mitch McConnell as well, uh, him and him and Joe Biden, boys, they 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 homies, and in fact, Cocaine Mitch. And their decades and decades battles in the Senate has got the best of Joe Biden several times, and you know, so people think it's all be this whole progressive wave is are very very mistaken. Uh, we need to understand what's at stake. And on, a, on the flip end, for a Democratic Party, look, they, they're facing this potential Democratic civil war is coming. Look, everybody played nice to get Joe Biden elected, but there's a lot of divide within the Democratic Party. Like you have several different factions, right? Between like your super left liberal, um, then you have your you know progressive, and you got your you know, your moderates, um, then you, you you have your extreme extreme middle centrist, um, you know, then your Dixiecrat and the old guard, um, you know. So you know, between that you have you know, AOC, the Bernie Sanders, to Elizabeth Warren, to Camilla Harris, the Mayor Pete, uh, to Joe Biden, uh, you know, the Hillary Clinton types, right? And you have your old guard with Pelosi and Schumer. So, you know, between all that, there's a lot of different disagreements on kind of what the vision of the party and where it's going and everything. Or this is about be this whole Democratic Socialist Party or element or, and, you know, what's going to happen with that. Um, you know, people like AOC, she's not going nowhere. Um, she's a young star in the Democratic Party. I'm going to say what it is. I know some people don't like her and stuff, but I don't actually personally like her per se. I don't agree with everything she says and stuff, but I'm not going to deny the fact that she's smart. And like She's gonna like That seat she won A lot of people sleep on that That seat she won Was held by like By like a Democrat For like 20 plus years Very prominent He was on like a committee and stuff So her to take that seat That she won to get on That was very impressive I'm not gonna cap on that I still don't agree with Like half the stuff She says and everything And our policies and things But I'm not gonna sleep on her Like a lot of people do But you know again it's gonna be a kind of Whole kind of push Within the Democratic Party there Uh, This divide and stuff is gonna happen These people are not getting along And especially You already see with Joe Biden He's freezing progressives. He's he, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Neither neither of them are going to have a position in any cabinet seat or in, in his administration at all. So I don't think it's the right calculus to make because I think progressives were a very, very big push for Joe Biden um, where he's at. So, you know, especially to understand, like, he's not coming out to do anything progressive and extreme, like, because he knows about 2022 and he knows he does anything super like really left or like progressive and stuff this is going to push all those congressional seats in 2022 straight to the right. And it's like Lee Hand of like Republicans Congress. So he got to play ball. He's not gonna do anything crazy. Because even these states are like, you know, what I mean, projected he won, you know, or flipped over, right? You know, that that, that Trump won last time. It was by a little bit, whether it's Pennsylvania, uh, uh, uh or, or Michigan or Wisconsin, right? These states are barely won. So it's a it's a big divide there. So he's not like has some large leeway to kind of do whatever, like, nah, like he's got to play ball. So, I think a lot of people are kind of being short-sighted sometimes about what's about to happen. All oh, this change is coming and healing and quote-unquote. Like, nah, like, yo. That's why Joe Biden's already come out and said, like, my number one goal is to work bipartisan and work with the other side and everything. Like, he's not about to go chase and try to arrest Trump and, you know, and charge him and stuff like that. And all his Republicans, like, he's not doing that. Because, well, Joe Biden looks like a Republican, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's very, very moderate. Um, but... It's an element that I don't know, like people just kind of don't see past that part or look into what happened in their local elections. What happened where you who who's your attorney generals um, that got elected? You know what I mean? Like who are your D.A. that, you know, got elected? Um, you know, those are those are things that we saw this year, especially with the whole social justice that pays uh, plays a bigger factor sometimes in the executive branch. So I think for the election there's always a lot of different layers in which you have to kind of uh, uh, peep at it. Also, I got to just say real quick. Uh, watching Trump kind of go through this whole process of not conceding and kind of, you know, explore his legal options and everything, uh, makes me think in 2016, man, Hillary Clinton and Democrats, you kind got fumbled the bag. I feel like y'all bowed out way too quick. I mean, Hillary Clinton conceded to to the man, you know, as soon as he hit 270. They hadn't finished counting the votes. She called him up. Now nah, it's over. Like, sheesh. At this point, especially afterwards, for everybody to... Play the whole Russian conspiracy theory and say that you know foreign government, blah, blah, like all that. He's illegitimate in presidency. Like, how, you know, where was the energy beforehand? I mean, she should have stretched it out. She should have said, uh, you know, do, do you believe a Russian, uh, a Russian foreign government, uh, you know, has interfered in our election, and we should, you know, uh, keep. Shouldn't call the election or certain certified votes. Should you know, should have pressed you know the states and everything like that, especially a Democratic-run states, to make sure you don't certify their votes until this was dealt with. Should you know, President Obama, he should have used some executive power somehow, some way to you know investigate this and you know and push things back until things could be determined. Like I just feel like in retrospect, seeing you know the legal power and things that could have went down, it's like sheesh. Because especially like for y'all to go after that to play all that whole ah ah uh-uh, he cheated the Russians, that's why he's president. Like, yo, like, is it just sound like being a sore loser, like years and years and years afterwards? You still want that type of time? Like, even though it's been proven to be wrong, like by the, you know, the government, it's just it's interesting. So all I'll say about that. <laughs> so one of my favorite times of years is the exit polls. Looking at the actual election results and using a qualitative uh, analysis and a quantitative analysis to figure out, you know, kind of how each candidate won or lost. Right? It's a very important tool that's given to us. I know sometimes people do not like to look at the exit polls, but they give a very good example about the various di- different demographics uh, and subgroups and the various different, uh, um, you know, reasonings people voted for a candidate, and you can really break it down and see, statistically speaking, right? So it tells a picture. Uh, for example, like in 2016, uh, one of the biggest reasons I never really hopped on the whole uh, RussiaGate uh, conspiracy theory uh, was I always looked at the exit polls. Um, they were very telling to kind of how Donald Trump won like in 2016. For example, like Trump had this whole message of like bringing back jobs and, and, and the working class and coal mines and fracking and all that, right? And he looked at the you know the exit polls. He was able to, to, to flip. Uh, A lot of states red, especially six states, and a lot of them were Rust Belt areas like Pennsylvania or Ohio. uh, Looking at like West Virginia, you know, Michigan, working class, uh, Wisconsin, like you know, it kind of made sense to me, like kind of how he won those states. Um, That that wasn't any type of you know Russian conspiracy theory. It's like well, he kind of campaigned here, looked at numbers and stuff. They kind of played to a demographic in which he was trying to push for. Um, You know, and and so that's a very important piece. Sometimes people like leave out. If we look at numbers, um, so again, you know, exit polls always tell very interesting, interesting tale. So, if we look at uh, our, our current election, right in 2020, here, uh, one thing as well is very interesting in the, in the election uh, exit polls: third parties. So, in 2016, after Hillary Clinton lost, there, nobody could accept how she lost. Okay. <laughs> Everybody blamed everybody was Hillary Clinton, but in 2016, everybody blamed third parties. With Gary Johnson and Dr. Jill Stein said, "Oh, you lost the election. No, you cost her re election. You got votes." Nah. And it's interesting because we get emotional about that, right? People we're emotional, but never hear what they really. Never you look into what they were saying. If there's actually validity to it, like for example, a lot of people don't realize in 2016, Libertarian and former uh, Republican Governor Gary Johnson um he actually took votes away from trump actually um it actually without gary johnson in the race to be honest he uh trump might win the popular vote straight up everything (laughs) so that element was never always kind of kind of brought up you kind of blame them but in fact actually it helped depending what side you're on well same thing in this race uh actually in 2020 the exit polls show that actually third-party candidate joe Jurgerson um, and a lot of swing states that Joe Biden was able to sneak by and win, they show that her presence actually uh, 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 siphoned votes away from Trump and actually helped Biden out winning, uh, because Libertarians typically sometimes will vote more right or Republican historically. So you know that happened this year. So everybody wants to shame someone for voting for Joe Jergesen or voting for Kanye West or third party, and it's like yo, y'all just we're so aggressive. That you didn't even know you were, you know, chastising people who were helping the cause. And that's another element too. Before I even get into these numbers, this election was so so interesting, so emotionally draining where where like if you didn't vote for someone's candidate or didn't want to vote for someone's candidate, then you were chastised and you were like the worst thing ever. And it's like like the, the idea of look this isn't a, there's no choice. Well, let me tell you something. There is always a choice. Y'all wanna talk about fascism Y'all yo, yo, yo love you saying that about, uh, about Trump But yo The way y'all were like ready to shame and attack others For not sharing your view So aggressively Half y'all couldn't even express y'all view That's the part that got me You can have your view, that's fine But half y'all couldn't even articulate why you feel that way And so It's like Even in the black community It's like, yo, if I criticize Joe Biden then it was automatically, just say you're voting for Trump. Huh? How'd that correlate? It's like, I'm sorry, am I not allowed to be critical of a candidate for United States of America? What What is this? This this whole, we can't criticize and chastise him. Why you holding his hand? It was amazing. And people would be so take this moral and ethical you know uh, uh, um, stance and feel superior and and shame and talk down to others bruh it was so just misguided and just emotional and a lot of people look silly because again a lot of people vote for someone they have no idea if they actually agree with half the stuff they're gonna do and especially coming off this day day and age of uh, of social justice and 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 calling out racism and white supremacy so what? I only, the only part of one side, it's like, you know, y'all want to say that Trump is racist. Okay. But Joe Biden, who actually has objective like history in the 40 plus years of Congress, of working with, supporting, creating, and uphelding racist and white supremacist rules, regulations, laws, and policies that have negatively, disproportionately impacted the black community. Objective. This is not a subjective Opinion This is fact And we just let that rock And I was like Alright you know In the day You know You want to vote we you want to vote for But The You know chastise me For not wanting to vote For someone Because they're white supremacists I'm just like Yo I think we need to Take a step back there buddy But yeah So that happened And that was very interesting And for the black community I just want to say This was not a win for us uh, This is a win for liberals And progressives the Democratic Party now went for the Black community. Um, unfortunately, the Black community is going to stay the same because y'all didn't even challenge the man to have any type of actual plan of action in play. Nothing tangible for the Black community. Ice Cube went and met with the Democratic Party and Republican Party to have actual tangible plan for the Black community. The Democratic Party said, "Whoa, whoa hold horses, we'll talk about it afterwards." The Republican Party said, "All right, bet. What y'all got to talk about?" Well, there was actually, you know, uh, uh, um, you know. Sincere or not, they listened and sat down, right? And again, he never endorsed Trump or anything like that. And for people to chastise him and stuff and everything, are the same people right now on the flip end are complaining that Joe Biden doesn't have enough diversity and enough black staff in his administration or begging to talk about why we're the policy and to the black community. Huh? Y'all you know, see that coming? The finesse? It happens every year. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I'm never going to say, you know, get off the Democratic plantation, because that implies somehow, some way that the Republican Party is not a plantation, <laughs> so I don't be on that wave. Well I would definitely would say the Black community, the Democratic Party, absolutely uh, exploits uh, the Black community. You know, year and year after year, for sure. Uh, black people get used and finesse for our votes and get nothing in return. But the reality is, the Republican Party has never even tried any natural, organic outreach to the Black community or have any actual tangible policy for a Black community. They don't even pretend that they care, <laughs> and so that's why it's like I can never. Fault black people for voting overwhelmingly Democrat because like well who else are you gonna vote for? Because um, at least the Democratic Party, even though it's Cap, they at least pretend to listen. um You know they at least pretend to talk about Black life Matters and these various things, right? And for a lot of people, that's all it takes—that surface level stuff. So it's a very unique perspective. So that's what I'm not gonna shame black people for voting, how they voted. I'm not gonna like disown black for voting for for Joe Biden. Now, I do think black people should definitely do some research in the Joe Biden's history. I know he was President Obama's VP, but I'm trying to tell you. Lyndon B. Johnson also passed Kennedy Civil Rights Act, and he also was overt racist. So just saying, you know, just because correlation with somebody does not mean they can't be racist. So that being said, let's transition to the numbers. So Joe Biden's projected winner. How would that happen? Well, he won 306 electoral votes, 232 projected. Right now, it currently has over 81.2 million votes to Donald Trump's 74.1 million votes. It's very interesting. Donald Trump increased his vote total by almost like 12 million, almost 13 million from 2016, and then lost. Most ever for an incumbent president to ever receive in a second time. Very interesting. Joe so by 81.2 million votes, most of all time, it's a lot. I know each election, there's always see more people vote every single election. So keep that in mind as well when I say most, most votes of all time. But I mean, this is crushingly most votes of all time. And, you know, how we got there. I know a lot of people are very confused. And some people think, oh, I see we the voter fraud. You know, don't, no way Joe Biden got all that votes. And there's one, a couple of elements I want to break down. On one hand, right, I think... That some people on the right and conservatives sometimes really underestimate the amount of people that hate Trump. <laughs> There's a lot of people that do not like Trump. I mean, they just cannot stand the man for some people. Despise him. A lot of them. And especially this year, he threw COVID in there and stuff as well. There's a lot of people who are not rocking with the Trump campaign. and Not not another, not on MAGA and Team Trump. So it's actually very plausible that a lot of people registered wouldn't have voted to get Trump out. Especially even like Republicans and stuff as well. That's a possibility. Um, also, as well, which is a strong possibility, is that, well, voter suppression could not happen this year with the mail in balloting. What do you mean when I say voter suppression? So, typically, every year, voter suppression occurs in various different elements. And oftentimes, it, it well, not oftentimes, it always affects the black community. <laughs> um, so, for years, right, you know, after black people got the right to vote, right, and that was a whole battle, you know, of course, a lot of people did not want that to happen, so they still said, all right, legally, we're going to let you vote, but we're still going to put all of our, you know, uh, trips and obstacles and things in place to make sure that you can't vote, so a lot of places, like in the south, or a lot of areas that are Republican-controlled, right, uh, what they do is that they'll tell people they have, that they can vote, right, but their polling place where you physically, right, are registered to have to go vote, they'll, they'll, they know demographics of areas. So, again, with so gerrymandering and how they draw up the districts, they draw it up so it's only separate between large black populace in that dense area. And they make the voting poll station like 45 minutes or hour away, hour and a half away. Make it 30, 40, 30 or 40 miles away. right? Do it intentionally because you know in those areas, people don't have access to transportation, all like that or, or or can just go there uh, and, and do that throughout their day and, and get back to the work and go get back to doing various elements so it's, it's a it's a trick they do where legally it's like hey you can vote no one's stopping you but they know they're not going to vote because it's also it kills morale and in conjunction with distrust that people already have for the government especially in the black community it's a big element that like yo we we, we don't vote because of that And we can't vote Because of that It happens It's been happening For decades and decades And decades and decades And it still happens To this day And Unfortunately it's like Because a lot Of people in this community Also as well May not necessarily Have the morale to necessarily You vote It's not It's not a national story And it's unfortunate Because again It it, it, it suppresses us 100% So Say so that Say this This year With the mail-in balloting where people didn't have to travel 30 or 40 miles to go vote. They vote from the crib. They had to even get a car. Just gotta walk out to your mailbox. So that was able to see large increases of votes, especially in these black areas, like you saw in Georgia, like you saw like in Philly, and some of these places, right? Because it's black people who typically are voters uh, suppressed uh, were able to get out and go vote. And again, black people overwhelmingly vote Democrat, regardless. So it makes a lot of sense. So that's why a lot of those big influx of mail in ballotings that went to Joe Biden, like all, like Joe Biden overwhelmingly more mail in ballot votes than actual in person votes. Um, because for those reasons. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there is an actual possibility to, like, why Joe Biden got so many votes. If one, it's like, well, there's a big fashion faction that was always kind of suppressed that Joe Biden kind of un, untapped. That could happen. Now, you know, is that enough to completely take the whole election, I'm not sure, but it's definitely an element that I'm not gonna act like, yo didn't happen. Um but if you look at the numbers and everything, generally speaking though, nothing was too out of sorts for this election. The kind of the numbers make sense about you know, how Joe Biden's projected winner. Like for example, um, you know, if you if you look at um forty six percent of new voters uh voted for Joe Biden. Um that was you know a big element so forty six percent people said it's first time voting to vote for Joe Biden. Um, you know, got a large percentage of that. Um, then, you know, you also had, you know, you look at the moderate vote as well. That's, that was a big one. Joe Biden got 46, 64 percent in the moderate vote. Uh, that was big. And that's the one that really swayed the election, honestly, in my opinion, uh, because moderates oftentimes can be the ones to decide election because moderates can vote left or right. And in this instance, they decided and voted left. So that also is a big thing. Reason why um, Joe Biden possibly got a lot of votes because the moderates tipped left and they oftentimes are big swings. In um, this as well, you know, conjunction as well, you know, uh, you know, in, in liberal states, like say like California, uh, you know, Joe Biden got 11.1 million votes to Joe Biden, to Trump's uh, 6 million votes. Right. So like that area, like over one, we got 5 million more votes. Right. Which also can kind of inflate the popular number of vote. And why there's a difference of time? Because, you know, if you get uh, all the votes in a in state overall count to the popular vote tally. Right. So those numbers still go there. Um, if you look down, you know, the rest of the you know, vote as well uh, You know, Joe Biden won uh, Trump, interesting enough, won You know, both the white male and white woman vote uh, However, Joe Biden won the minority vote as well um, And so, you know, although I will say this much Joe uh, Trump had a very interesting increase of minority support And you know, the most minority support all the time by any Republican candidate And so that was something very interesting to see But I think Republicans need to understand that look that was because of trump not because of republicans so if you're thinking that you know we just rock out in 2022 you'll get that same support you're well mistaken that's why they can't throw trump out to the curve that's why you see a lot of these large uh uh prominent republican stuff are stand behind trump and everything right now so you saw mitch mcconnell and them like you know that's why they were uh, you know made sure that they you know they're, they're gonna stand behind him okay you no regards what happens uh trump's not going nowhere like look marco rubio's already come out and said that like, trump wants to run in 2024 he's a he's a front runner already um, You know, he's not you know going anywhere. His presence is very strong. So regardless of what happens, um, he'll be the person that, you know, who his, his voice will be very heard. So, you know, if you got Trump back in 2022, you might be cool for the midterms. Um, so the element is very, very key to watch. But overall, throughout the, the polls and everything, I will say this much. I do think it was very... Weird where you have Republicans do so well when so many uh, state and local legislative seats and federal legislative seats and everything in a lot of these states. And then, but like, but Joe Biden won the state, it's very weird. You have some places where it was like a red out, but Joe Biden won. Um, now is it possible that some Republicans, you know, I mean, voted Joe Biden but then you know went down, to take Republican? Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, uh, but to this large scale. I don't know. I do. I do definitely think there's definitely there were. For what I'm saying there definitely are definitely uh, anomalies and different disparities and numbers and votes that came in, like in Michigan, in one county at like 3:50 in the morning, 100,000 votes came in all for Joe Biden and Joe Biden only. I mean, it's it, it's possible, but you know, you know, there's not one of them sprinkled in for Trump or Kanye West or Joe Jurgensen or someone know, or Joe Biden. I guess maybe you know, send Pennsylvania to get large these voter dumps that. In the middle of the night, it's possible. But again, this whole process stuff and everything is very interesting. But it's like stuff like that, like, don't add up. Because even on the other side, like, Trump got like a 100,000 votes all for him and him only. I was like, yo, that doesn't sound right. Um, but again, especially especially like in a, in a swing state, too, on top of that. It's like, all right, in a swing state? You know what I'm saying? It's one thing if it's in a very, very high liberal area, like California or something like that. But it's like in a swing state, it don't really make sense. Uh, and that's why stuff's, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but it's very important to understand those numbers. And kind of understand, you know, how this happened. And kind of moving forward, because 2022 is a very important year um, in terms of the midterms and what can swing. Because look, Republicans are in position to take back the House and take back the Senate. Um, Like where we're at right now. Um, You know, moving forward, there's two open uh, uh, Senate seats in in, in Georgia. Two Republican incumbents are are battling it out against, you know, the the newcomers coming in. And, you know, uh, that's a big race to, to, to see. I know some Republicans who are salty that... Governor uh, Kemp of, of, of Georgia. Like, they feel like he hasn't done enough to look into this alleged voter fraud and Dominion and recount the system and all this stuff. So, some people are saying, oh, they should boycott the uh, uh, the, the Senate race and uh, they don't deserve our vote. And it's like, yo, I'll be honest, y'all, y'all do emotional. Y'all, y'all y'all sit up here and call liberals and lip and call them emotional, this, that, and the third. What y'all doing? Y'all really to risk losing the entire Senate because your man's lost? Because he's not going to look into this? Like, yo, y'all got to. Look at the bigger picture and use some utilitarian principle. you got to do the greatest good of the greatest amount of people. So that case, yo, that's maintaining the, the, the Senate. You better have a Democratic president and give the Senate back to Democrats, too? Psh, what sense y'all make? Now, if I'm a Democrat, so I'm pushing that on. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, boycott that, John. <laughs> but it, it don't make sense. And so that's why they're a mess, too. I don't get, when I was talking about the Civil War between the Democrats, that's in the Republican Party, too. Don't get it twisted. But Democratic Party just should be kind of embarrassed a little bit in some of these seats they lost. Like Lindsey Graham should not, was not supposed to get reelected, but here he is. Like You know what I'm saying? He spent millions and millions of dollars in some of these races, and he can't candidates lose. That's something they kind of keep happening to them. So just trying to figure out what's going on there. But a lot to unravel, a lot to unpack. But yeah, this election was definitely very, very eventful. A lot of uh, various different uh, um, dominoes to fall afterwards. So we'll see what happens um with the next couple weeks right there's any validity at all to trump's case you know trying to get stuff to supreme court you know and trying to get uh, you know some of these states to you know deem uh fraudulent activity occurred but you know again it's outside chance but there's a chance so you know people are gonna take the long shot see what happens um but you know with that going on as well you know more than likely moving forward with joe Biden as projected president and again for democrats there's no kumbaya i think everybody needs I know the lore of Trump, you know, getting out of office and that, you know, that dies down. You got to look at the bigger picture and see that there's a whole country to run. A lot of things are not about to be that simple. Um, For black community, again, this was no victory for us. We got used finesse as usual. we did not demand any policy or action. So in terms of that, we should always be self-sufficient and look to build amongst ourselves and not have to demand on uh, um, government, quote unquote, handouts, if you will. Right. We got to just be a little more uh understanding about you know being more savvy politically speaking if we gotta play we'll play chess better with this I mean, we gotta step that up um and as everybody as well stay you know keep in mind that you know the next couple of years gonna be very interesting, and that you know a lot of more can unfold depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks to be honest, so I appreciate you tuning in today again, you may not agree with everything I had to say, and that's fine that's fair that's cool with me as long as you kept an open mind. Of trying to hear something that you may not have thought about in a certain way. Until next time. Make sure you stay tuned. Stay hip. Stay connected.